Hello and welcome to the Home Business Podcast. My name is Phil. Joining me as usual, I've got Rohan. Happy New Year, mate. Happy New Year. How's it going? Good, good. So it is the first Wednesday of the month, first Wednesday of 2023. And right. a new Home Assistant release is here for the new year. Um, so we've got to get into it. But before we do, mm-hmm. as usual, this episode of the Home Assistant podcast is sponsored by Home Assistant Cloud by Nabucasa. Easily access your local Home Assistant instance remotely for a small monthly fee that supports the Home Assistant and the ESP Home project. Configuration is done via the user interface, so no fiddling with the router settings, SSL certificates, or any YAML. All right, Rahan. Um, should we jump into 2023.1, or maybe we'll just, I guess, before we do, a uh, quick shout-out that uh, yeah. 2023 is going to be the year of the voice, which we discussed right. uh, last episode, which, by the way, how was your holiday? Was It, it was fantastic. I mean, yeah. yeah. Can't, I saw can't pictures, complain. so... It <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was it was nice to get away for a little bit. So it's been a while since we did that. Yeah, that's good, especially with the pandemic yeah. already. Um, but yeah, so the last that's release right. episode with Frank, yeah, we were discussing you know the year of the voice and big plans for that. Uh, there is a shout out this month or for this year, I should say. Uh, mm-hmm. The home business community is looking for people uh, to help out with their new intense repository. So yeah. uh, intense. How can I explain what intense are? So uh, let's just, uh, assume that you want your computer to do something. Uh, in the uh, example of a voice assistant, uh, intense are a structured string. I'm guessing uh, where you know if and it wishes to take out the nuances to basically get down to what you're trying to do. So uh, I right. could say you know please turn off this light. Please turn on this light. Um, the intents would go to structure the sentence like remove the please, get the you know action yeah. which is turn on, turn off, get the light entity, um, and all that. So the home assistant community is looking for people to help build out what those intents may look like, you know, different ways of how you would communicate with your home using your voice. Uh, not yeah. only in, in, English, in different languages. Yeah. All the languages that home assistant is going to support. Was it like yeah. 76 languages did they say the other day? Like it was a crazy number. I was, yeah. It's decent, yeah. Yeah. So if you are a bilingual family um, or you know some people that are into smart home and would have some great contributions, there is going to be a new intense repository. It's all going to be open source. Uh, there, will be det- there will be details on the home website uh, and blog you'll be able to follow through. Uh, please yeah, get on. If, if you don't know how to code and you've been wanting to contribute to Home Assistant in some way, this is yeah. a great way to do it. It's a great way. Yeah, you just you don't need to do anything. Just literally help out that way. So, All right. Um, why don't we get into some uh, new features, Phil? 2023.1. It's going to be <laughs> – I was almost going to say 2022. But I know. It's so hard, right? I, when yeah, I typed in the episode title just before, I was like, oh, yep, 2020. No, we are not in December. Yeah. And we are definitely Back not space. in space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. All right. Um, so voice assistant aliases. So right now it's limited to Google Assistant. Um, essentially, how do you explain aliases? So aliases essentially to say like, um, I'm trying to do this without actually saying the words. Um, well, it would be aliases for your devices, right? So you may have different names yeah. for your TV. Yeah. 
bedroom or yeah, TV is a great example. I might have multiple, right? So TV one, TV two, TV three. Well, maybe TV one is guest uh, bedroom TV. TV two is my primary bedroom. TV three is my living room, basement, whatever. And you could have um, the guest TV uh, be downstairs. So it would be, would it be you know, turning off the downstairs TV or turning off the guest TV. Maybe they would be the same thing, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly, right. And yeah, like kids, kids might name things differently too, right? Like, um, like Bobby's room or something like that. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, hey, so uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty neat uh, feature. So I think you know we'll have a little bit of uh, interesting things there. So, Alice, yeah. So it's only limited to Google Assistant at the moment. I'm really Correct. excited to see it come out for the Amazon Echo, if that's even possible. Um. But yeah, if yeah. you've already, I, got, I think they were looking into it, but it's not there yeah, yet. It's not I believe. Easy. Uh, yeah. So because I've got uh, my TV just in the living room, right? And there's so many like different ways to say to you know, I just want to be able to yell out, you know, just turn off the TV, um, and it know yeah. which TV to do. That's my, uh, you know, my my wish item. But yeah, if I was to say, you know. Uh, even like other people in the family are like, uh, play music on, you know, in the living room or on the Sonos play bar, right? They're the same thing, you know? So for me to be able to, you know, give a, an alias so that, um, things can be routed to the right, to that same device, um, I think is pretty good. Um, yeah. So Google assistant, it's there. If you've already got YAML set up, um, it doesn't conflict with that. Um, so yeah, it's all in the UI now. Uh, so you can just, uh, if you've got Google Assistant uh, going to a, against a device, hit the edit button and there should be a, uh, some options so you can give aliases to it. Yeah, I mean, it's the Amazon Echo, you can also do things like uh, today, I'm saying. Like if, if mm. uh, let's say, so I have my Echo behind me right here for those of you yep. that are look, watching on YouTube right there. Um, but if I want to say like, because my lights added to this room and so on and so forth, I can just say, Hey, turn off the light. If, as long as this one picks up my command, then it'll turn off the room and the, like it has room context. Yeah. But again, it's not the same as like turn off you know, my office light or maybe my wife calls us something else, something, something like that. Right. So, yeah, I think yeah. like some ways around it might be, and I've, sort of experimented a little bit with it is to use scripts and expose them to the mm-hmm. Amazon Echo. Um, you know, that way if you want to activate party mode and, you know, you can have a sort of way to do that, you know, like, you know, hey, you and the Amazon Echo, it's party yeah. time sort of thing, right? Turn on yeah, party yeah, time exactly. or do that. Yeah. Um, so it's... Again, more than, more than one way to skin a cat, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, so there are a bunch of new device classes that have been added for sensors. Yeah. So we now have support for data size, data rate, uh, irradiance, sound pressure, yeah. and atmospheric pressure. So yeah. yeah, I'm guessing there must be a whole bunch of sensors out there to do atmospheric pressure. I'm guessing like weather stations, maybe. Um, yeah. So. Cool. Uh, so they're all yeah in home assistant now, and I think there is also a f- couple of breaking changes uh, that are related to that. They you may have things moving around a little bit uh, to be consistent with those new uh, device classes. So just watch out for that. I think it's a couple of sound pr- uh, sensors around the place, but yeah, just watch out for that in case you're using it. Yeah. 
Also, here's one I love. Um, for those of you using automations and scripts with devices, uh, any configuration errors. Um, so now the automation engine behind the scenes is uh, actually not even behind the scenes. The automation engine has just been kind of uh, improved quite a bit, actually, um, by basically saying, hey, you know what? We think you've done X, Y, and Z wrong. Yep. Um, you should really go fix that, right? In, in the automations plane itself. So, which is really, really nice. It's not, it doesn't need you to go in and start looking at, Hey, where did it, where did I go wrong? What, you know, did I forget? Like, uh, did I get a name wrong, entity name wrong? Something like that, right? Whatever that might be. Um, it, there's, there's actually some useful context, I think, right there. So, yeah, definitely. Um, and there is, uh, a new text entity has been added to the Unify Protect uh, doorbell. So, which is, uh, seems a bit, all right, it's cool. It's just a, a text entity. But what it allows you to do is you can now set what message is displayed on your doorbell. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm guessing for Halloween, you could have, you know, go away. I don't believe in trick-or-treating. This is in America. Or, uh, you know, for Christmas, you could have Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, something like yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah. Very you cool. can say welcome or you're not welcome, whatever, whatever the message you <laughs> want to display right there. Yeah. Do not disturb, you know, uh, that's right. That's right. Um, Yale access. So, um, when you're using the Bluetooth uh, module there too, so there's now support for battery status, which is always good. So let's... I have the Yale like the wave locks, um, which yep. have battery support. Love them. So cool to see yep. that the Bluetooth is getting middle of there. I wonder, I haven't checked, I assume there is, but I know the, Yale has the Wi-Fi module. I wonder if that's been uh, out of time. I must have to check that out. Mm-hmm. Not, not that yeah. I want to go to over to Wi-Fi. But, yeah, yeah it's, it almost feels backwards there. Yeah, definitely. So I'm not going to do it. I'm just curious. Like They've got so many options, right, to uh, integrate. Yeah. Because like, like, the radio, like, what I really love about that lock is that the radio is just a module, right? So you can plug in a Zigbee, you can plug in, I think yeah, it's even a home kit radio. Yeah, exactly. So very future-proof, yeah. which is uh, why which I really awesome. love that device. Yeah. Okay. Calendar entity. Uh, so yes. the last release, we introduced local calendar support uh, into Home Assistant. Uh, so you could create events in uh, Home Assistant. Uh, into the local mm-hmm. calendar. That has now been migrated to the Google Calendar integration, which means you can yeah. now create events in your Google Calendar from the Home Assistant. Yeah. Uh, so probably not game-changing, but it is pretty – like I can see a few use cases. Uh, like let's say you've got Grossy hooked up. Grossy says, hey, you need to change the batteries. Uh, yeah. And this, it can add an event, you know, to your schedule, uh, you know, Thursday night, 6 p.m. after work go around and change the batteries in your house, right? Lockout time in your calendar yeah. to do it. Uh, yeah, lots of things like that. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, even even when it comes to things like saying, hey, you know what, I'm, again, and we just went through this, as we're planning vacations and things like that, right? Yep. Like say, hey, you know what, I'm going on vacation X to Y, and that A goes in, puts in uh, whatever you want and, the Google Calendar marks it off there. But on the other side of it too is now you can actually tie that to a lot of your automations and things like that, right? To say, hey, you know, I'm on vacation mode from X to Y, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, there is also a uh, support for variations of recurring events. So, for example, mm-hmm. you can have things like on the first Wednesday or the last Tuesday of the month, 
that's now supported. Um, and you can even edit existing events from the local calendar as well. I think so. Previous uh, integration allowed you to create events. Now you can actually edit it in the UI yeah. as well. So fancy. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, Switchbot. So the Switchbot integration uh, integration. Wow. <laughs> the SwitchBot integration added support for uh, power monitoring of the wall plugs and uh, initial humidifier support. So that's good. There you go. SwitchBot is, I have like the original like SwitchBot, just the SwitchBot, right? Mm. Like that's what they credit. Yeah, the little yeah. button push thing. Yeah, yeah, the button pusher, right? Like it was a, I think it was a Kickstarter or on Indiegogo or something. Yep. Um, I'm surprised at how successful they are still maintaining and their momentum. Uh, they've moved into like yeah. so many different products now, right? Uh, we had, what was it, Sean a couple of episodes ago who had the SwitchBot curtain mm-hmm. controlling his blinds. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I don't use many of their products apart from, like I don't use the SwitchBot anymore, but I yeah, completely support that, you know, company. Like yeah, that. a lot of people use it. I think, um, I'm trying to think of who it was, but some people even, I've seen people use it for like, Hey, turn on my coffee machine in the morning and things like yeah. that, right? Like we had, we had fantastic uh, use case. Exa- exactly. I mean, we've had we've had people on here before, like XPMC came came on here before and said, "Hey, here's how I'm going to wire uh, wire the coffee machine and things like that," which you know would be kind of cool. Um, but sometimes you might not be comfortable with you know ripping apart your coffee, especially with an expensive machine, yeah. right? Hundred um, percent. So things like that. I mean, especially if it's just a button, great, just tap it. <laughs> All right, so it's, <laughs> why not? But. All right, time for some new All integrations. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, Rayolink, uh So, Starkiller OG on GitHub has worked very hard in converting some of the community plugins or integrations for Rayolink that were out there, uh, just, and it started to create a built-in Rayolink integration for Home Assistant. Mm-hmm. So, if you're not familiar, Rayolink are a smart home brand that specialize uh, in cameras. Um, so they do uh, indoor, outdoor, and they've also got some doorbell cameras as well. Uh, they are, I think the smart home community really likes them because of their price. Uh, and yeah. they do generally open up, you know, RTSP on VIF support, which allows, you know, other, because it's an open standard, other MVRs can then, uh, yeah. go ahead and interact with them. So the network video recorders. Um, so with this integration, you can link your compatible Rio link camera or NVR with home assistant. Um, it's currently being tested with a handful of devices, which includes the Rio link doorbell POE and Wi-Fi models. Uh, unfortunately, and unfortunately for me, in this case, uh, battery cameras are not currently supported. So I'm yeah. eagerly waiting for battery cameras to be supported. Yeah. And, and, this is nice. It just brings in a supported, like like a home assistant supported um, integration, right? Or yeah, in the past, you don't have to just, go just the hacks. developers maintaining it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Not not that there's, you know, I'm sure people disagree with me here, but I don't think there's anything overtly wrong with hacks. But you 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 kind of get what you pay for there, right? So it's sometimes, right? Um, I run into some fantastic little, plugins there. It does feel a little bit like the wild west, right? Where you're not sure what quality right. you're going to get. Which you well, know, there can be a lot of abandoned projects and things like that as well, right? Whereas yeah. once it's in the main mainline integration uh, with Home Assistant, there's some level of consistency or guarantee. Yep. Um, I've also had integrations in the past which are 
like, again, keep in mind, this is, I'm like 99% of my integrations are fantastic, right? That I, that I used with that hacks, but there's ones that just are extremely like, in, like whether it's uh CPU intensive or whatever, it's just, mm. just, again, you get, it's just not up to home assistance, uh, standard, standard, right. That, yeah. that they leverage. And sometimes they are, a lot of times they are, but sometimes they're not. So, all right. Um, Air Visual Pro. So it's uh, one of the new brands there. Um, and so, yeah, it leverages that. And you can find it under Air Visual. So, nice yeah, because I think this, this is the one uh, is going to really, like, leverage that brand uh, functionality now because there is Air Visual and yeah. Air Visual Pro. So there's a slight difference. I'm not too close to the product to understand uh, where it is. I think uh, Aaron Batcher has introduced this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, but essentially whatever the, the nuance is there, when you go into the brand now in home system, when you go at the integration, you just choose air visual and then it will prompt you if you want to install air visual or air visual pro. So yeah. that's just so it's clean, a little different. clean up the integrations page so much better. Yeah. Um, yeah. It looks cool though. They got a bunch of sensors like air quality index and carbon dioxide and so on and so forth. So nice. Neat. All right. Google STK. All right, so, uh, sorry, the Google Assistant SDK, I should clarify that. Um, So there is the Google Assistant integration, which allows you to control your smart home with your Google Assistant, Google Home devices. Uh, This one is a little bit different. Um, So it's not for the faint of heart. Uh, If you're a developer, you might be able to uh, have some fun with this, but if you're just getting started with, uh, home assistant probably not for you, but this yeah. does allow you to do some pretty uh, cool stuff. So the Google uh, Assistant SDK allows you to send commands to Google Assistant. So uh, I'm guessing you could then potentially expose devices to Google Assistant that are not natively supported. Perhaps uh, you could tell Google Assistant to do things in Google's homeland, maybe. Uh, but anyway, because there is the SDK integration, um, it'll unlock a whole bunch of other different features that you can do, um, sort of to make that a bit of a two-way street as opposed to Google Assistant telling a home assistant what to do. Now home assistant can yeah. go back and tell Google Assistant different things. I'm Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not too close to the... Google Assistant to know how powerful this could be, but I'm guessing there's going to be some yeah. pretty good stuff coming out of this. Yeah, there's some really interesting things, even even in the documentation that it talks about, right? So, for example, um, you want to broadcast messages to all your Google Assistant speakers without yep. interrupting the music and video or music or video playback, right? So, saying like, oh, "Hey, you know, coffee is ready. Someone's at the front door. Whatever that is, right?" But keep music playing. Um, yeah. Exactly. But on the other side, you can also send commands to Google Assistant, right? So, um, again, for example, instead of me, uh, instead of me, you know, using my voice and saying, Hey, uh, go and like start vacuuming or go and set nest guard, yep. right? And, and, uh, or, you know, wh- whatever that is. For that, that we can start automating a lot of that stuff because again, instead of that, it can just be a text string that we push up to Google Assistant. Right. right? Um, so that might be that might be kind of interesting there. So yeah. So you, then you can have like Home Assistant control like Google devices that may not be brought back into Home Assistant for whatever reason. 
Exactly. There could be but, someone that might have an integration with Google Assistant, like you know, you might see how it works with Google Home on the box, mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. you could potentially bring that into Home Assistant via this SDK if you've. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, I mean, like, like you said, though, Phil, this this one's not going to be for the faint of heart, right? So, because yeah. essentially, what what's got to happen is you got to go in, you got to set all of your uh, on the Google side, you've got to set uh, quite a few uh, prerequisites there. Um, and then once you do that, generate your client ID, client secret, so on and so forth, and then go. There's like, it looks like there's about 18 steps on the Google side that you'd have to do um, to at least start. Again, that, if that doesn't sound too complex, great, go play with it. <laughs> let us know how it works, right? And let us know what you do with it. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to take a minute to talk about the Eufy Video Lock. It's a smart lock that's really easy to set up with just a Phillips screwdriver and no extra drilling. It's got a keyless entry, so you don't need to worry about fumbling with the keys when your hands are full. Also, you don't need to worry about handing out extra keys when you're in a pinch, your kids losing them, or people copying the key and passing it around to each other. Something else I like about the Eufy Video Lock is that it has a camera built in and it works as a doorbell as well. Personally, I think the Eufy Video Lock is great for apartments or cottages where you can't necessarily add extra holes for a video doorbell. My favorite part about it though is that there isn't a monthly fee and your recordings are locally stored, so you don't have to worry about someone else owning your doorbell data. You can find it on Amazon, or if you want to know more, search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. The Google and Amazon developer consoles are just so yeah. intense now, right? Like I just want to go in, get an API key. Now, yeah. like I needed to get something the other day uh, for something that we were working on, Rohan, and I was like, oh, I, I know I have these credentials somewhere, but I don't know where the settings are on the Google side. And yeah, it took me ages yeah. to find, you know, which developer console portal I needed to be in and what app to look at. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and especially as as these product as these companies start acquiring or keep acquiring companies and things yep. like that, it's just you know, is this my Nest credential? Is this my Google credential? Is yep. this my whatever else? Right, and, and again, as, especially as they have so many SDKs too. This is Google Assistant SDK. This is you know, um, um, Google Sheets SDK or API key or whatever that is. Yep. Right, so it's yeah, tons of stuff crazy. like that. Yeah, yeah. All right, um, let's talk about some breaking changes. Um, so decons. So um, there's an issue with the mapping of the trigger of this. I'm not. I'm going to butcher this, but it's the stir bar, which is the IKEA smart remote. Um, so that's been discovered and fixed. Um, and because of that, any automations relying on that uh, will need to be adjusted and reconfigured. Um, Interesting. So maybe they may have had like you know, button one was. Mapped to the wrong thing. Button two was mapped to a different thing. Looks like those sort of things can be changed. It's gonna. You know, uh, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly, right. So, um, because that's a, I guess, a Zigbee mm. level change, right? So that's why it affects the decons uh, integration. Yes. So if you're using ZHA yeah. or Zigbee to MQT, it should be okay. But because it's going through decons, uh, yeah. correct. That's, that's how cool. I understand it, at least. All right. Fitbit, uh, units of measurement for length, mass, time, and volume have been aligned with the standard home resistant units. Um, I don't know why Fitbit would need its own 
unit for time, but fair enough. Uh, so yeah, if you have um, yeah any automations, any reporting, um, it may get skewed with this update. Right. Um, speedtest.net, the update frequency option has been removed. Um, so the default frequency is 60 minutes. Um, and if you want to customize that polling, then uh, essentially disable the polling update from the system options and use the update entity service. Um, and then essentially, you just essentially run that task whenever you want. Yeah, it can use a uh, platform time trigger uh, yep. to then, yeah, sorry, time pattern to then say, you know, run every 15 minutes or every five Every minutes. whatever, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is. Yeah, yep. exactly. And Bushbarn, I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly too, um, has been removed as it relies on web scraping. Um, it is available in Hacks. I think in Hacks it said it was going to be removed in uh, the November 2022 release. So, right. yeah, it's officially gone in this release now, just in case you're wondering where it's gone. Um, yeah, but it is available in Hacks. And if you want to know more about why... Uh, scraping isn't allowed, then yeah, check out the 2022.12 episode with Frank. We had a big discussion on that too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, I guess 2023.1, not a huge release, but uh, yeah. and so we'll, as we we'll sort of mentioned with Frank uh, towards the end of the last year was that, you know, when in 2022 they didn't do a January release and the February release, it just caused a whole mm-hmm. bunch of issues for the February release. Um, so, yeah, they've done a January release here. It's not a... It's not a huge release. There's no major new things out of the box. A lot of people are on holidays, um, but still good to yeah. at least get some of these small minor improvements out. Um, yeah, there's yeah. there's still a few hundred updates in this one, right? So, yep. um, you know, there's a lot of performance fixes, things like that. So it might be nice to, you know, if you are, if your home system is a little, uh, you know, clunky or luggish and you're a little bit scared to say, hey, you know what, I don't want to introduce a ton of new platforms, whatever. Uh, this might be a good one to update to. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's good. A little bit of food for thought there. All right. So first episode of the year, Rohan, I'm going to put you on the spot because right. I know you'd love when I put you on the spot. Always. Um, what are your smart home goals for 2023? Do you have any? Um, have you thought about what you want to achieve this year? I'm not talking about, you know, oh, I want to automate the bathroom light this year, right? Like I want, no. what's your, have you got any, like a grand vision projects like, I don't know, or seeing a delivery man driver and getting a video camera feed to identify him or something? That's something right. That's that, right. That's, that's, that's yeah. still, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it's, Nothing, nothing that, nothing super grand, right? Um, kind of business as usual. Just keep it, keep it working, keep it more stable. Yeah. Um, actually, from a stability perspective, I think I've got it to kind of where I want it. Like, I, there's just not a whole lot of like care and feeding I do, um, other than updating uh, my my Docker containers. Um, I would love to, again, have more of a focus on efficiency, if that makes sense. And again, very high level still, right? Like I haven't exactly figured out what that is, but using less water, less power, less whatever, right? Like, like resources, right? Uh, natural gas, things like that. Um, I would, I don't know, I, I, depending on how money goes, I'd love to see, we, we want to renovate our kitchen too. So, you know, I'd love to, I, I want to see, you know, what, what that brings too, right. From, from options for smart, whether it's smart lighting, 
Um, I'm not a big like, oh, I want to replace my fridge and I need a, I need a smart fridge that, you know, yeah. scans the you, barcodes. Why does I, your, yeah, why does your refrigerator need Wi-Fi, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm good with the standard. Again, it's just one more thing to care and feed otherwise, right? Um, yeah. So, but yeah, you know, I, I, those are kind of our higher level projects. Again, funding dependent, right? So, yeah. Um, but if that does happen, then I'd love to see, you know, where, where I can, uh, put a lot of, uh, automation in there too, right? Like, or, or what, not necessarily smart devices, but whether what I can make smart or. So yeah, that's, kind of that's a good question for me to lead into then. Like, so if you, let's say you've got, you're highly, all right, we're going to redo the kitchen, right? Do, mm-hmm. how do you go in like with a smart home lens to that? Do you think, okay, I want to be able to just get them to do the kitchen and then I'll automate it myself later with the stuff that I want to do? Or would you rather outsource it to them and tell them, hey, I need, I want the lights to be smart. I don't care how you do it. Just let me control it locally. Like as long as I can control it locally, I don't care. Install it and I'll pay an extra bit. Or would you rather tack it on, do it yourself later sort of approach? I think it'll be somewhat in between. Um, I don't know that, again, uh, it, it, it depends on who, who you hire, right? So mm. or who's, who's doing the kitchen. So I'm, I'm again, I, I don't know how to put countertops down and stuff. It, it doesn't look overly hard, but I also know that I'm not, I, I, I know, I know what I'm not good at, right? Like it's, it'll take someone five kind of minutes to do it while you'll take you a whole day. Right. And you, yeah. Yeah. And I'll probably drop the slab, break something and, and yep. have to spend another like $8,000. So um, so instead of that, I'd rather, I'd rather do that. But now from, you know, I, I would definitely be the one to choose what it is I'm doing, um, what products I'm using, so on and so forth. I, I don't, that, that part for me personally, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't know, relinquish control if you want to call it. Yep. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's like, a, Hey, you know, I need this channel run here, things like that. I would, I would want to plan it out so that they are aware of my intention. Um, so again, I can have things like flush mounted, like night, like just nicer. Right. Um, but yeah, whereas the actual, or like if I want to run, uh, well, like if I want to run like power lines or, or any of that, any data cabling or anything like that between cabinets and things like that. Sure. I, I can let them know and they can drill holes for me, things like that. Can I do it myself? Absolutely. I just, if that's one thing that I don't have to do and it's very low cost on their side. Sure. Why not? Right. Again, it comes back to cost. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, of course. I'm going to sound like an old man here. Um, but I, cause my wife and I are in a similar situation. We're going to like, you know, we have dreaming of, you know, our grand renovation plans, money permitting, of course. Mm. Um, and so I've started looking at um, like Instagram reels of, you know, like the influences, you know, five smart things you should have in your kitchen renovation, right? Yeah. Um, and it's all like they're pretty like cool stuff, you know, like kickboard drawers mm. and, and stuff like that. One thing that I, I have discovered is that there is a, uh, a plug that you've got – a thing that you can like hole saw into your countertop or bench, right? Um, yeah. And it's like a push button and you push it and it opens up um, a four-way power board. Like the, yes. okay, yeah. it's a cylinder pop-up that pops plugs. up, right? That's the yeah. sort of stuff that I would love to like be yeah. able to do, right? Like it's hidden away when you need a PowerPoint rather than, yeah. you know, sticking out the side all the time, just like hide it away nicely. 
doesn't I don't yeah. need it to be voice controlled. I, I'd love no. it if it's voice controlled, but um, yeah, because I think yeah, you've got your um, your range hood lights with that are just like IKEA smart globes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I put I put uh, the tradfury bulbs mm. inside there. Yep. Um, and yeah, and there. So anytime I like every every day when or every evening when my good evening runs, it turns those on and yeah, whatever. I can color control them, or I can warm white, cold white, kind of control them. Yep, I don't, but it's it's always full intensity and in a specific <laughs> whatever my 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 wife wanted and that she thought looked best. So I'm like, okay, hey, cool, and yeah, I'm good with that. And yeah, it it uh, it works well. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So how about you? What are your uh, what are your What's outside my... of your pop up uh, power socket? What are your <laughs> A man can dream, right? Uh, what What is my uh, high level? Okay, um, I similar to you, I want to get more reliability. I think. Um, yeah. So right now, I've everyone will probably be following my journey with these FP1 sensors. So I've got the Xiaomi FP1 yes. sensors around the house. Like they are awesome. I love them. Um, they're great ninety five percent of the time. It's the 5% mm-hmm. that I need to work on. Um, so for whatever reason, they uh, will not uh, change their status to the room being cleared. So therefore, lights stay on and the at home assistant assumes that someone is still in the room. Um, right. That also means that if you manually turn the light off at the switch and you walk back into the room because the room's already occupied, um, the lights don't turn on for you. And it just... It's it's jarring, right? Like it, it it's frustrating because uh, then you, the, the counter argument to is why don't you just use a light switch, right? Well, I don't want to have to use a light switch. Um, and that's right. So I want to, yeah. So currently, I and the only way to get them to start reporting again, I found is to physically unplug the USB cable and plug it back <sighs> in. That's um, yeah. So I'm doing a bit of a MacGyver at the moment. I uh, purchased some Sonoff USB. Power smart relay mm-hmm. USB powers things. Um, yep. They integrate with the local two year integration. So I'm going to try and just power cycle those FP1 sensors. Um, I have an automation set up in my daughter's room that if it's during the day um, and it's, the room has been detected for more than 30 minutes, um, Home Assistant actually has a reset presence button in there. I'll just, yeah. you know, get an automation to trigger that. Um, yeah. I. They're all, as I said, it's MacGyver hacky. I don't want to have to do that, right? I don't want to have to uh, have automations to monitor the automations mm-hmm. to make sure everything's working correctly. So I want to yeah. add more reliability. I don't know how I get that at this stage. Um, so, so would you would you spend more money and get like let's let's say for example, there's a better answer to the FP one in this case, right? Because yeah. th- this to me, this just sounds like what you're doing is just compensating for for yep. something that's 100%. effectively wrong with the fp1 uh in, yep. in this case so would that mean you're gonna you know hey great i'm gonna you know, let me get rid of this and then there's something better out there let me plug that mm-hmm. in and see how that works would you would yeah. you replace it or like because reliability can be two things right one is you just like you said macgyver it and throw more <laughs> automations yep. at it or the other one is just just kind of fix it there's Band-Aid and then there's there's rip and replace, right? 
It's funny. Um, I was actually just before this recording, I was on AliExpress looking for other options to the FP1. Yeah. Um, you actually yeah. sent me one uh, a couple of months ago, um, yeah. which I started looking at. Uh, Blackadder has done um, a whole a review on the one that you sent me um, mm-hmm. that came out pretty good. So yeah, there is a, an alternative uh, microwave, MM wave uh, presence sensor that I could use. Um, I was also just reading a blog from the from smart home scene um to say that there is um a uh, they did a comparison of the three mm wave um presence detections out there the fp1 they actually had winning um and a close second was the one you sent me uh i have to get the model number and put it in the show notes um, yeah, but and, and Lewis at Everything Smart Home also has uh, has one that that he's kind of designed as well. Yeah, which I think is uh, Wi-Fi ESP based, from what yeah. I remember. Which is, yeah, I won't go there. I've spoken about it enough. I yeah, I don't want to introduce a Wi-Fi presence occupancy sensor at the moment. I, I'd rather keep everything Zigbee goes away for the moment. Um, yeah, so I think yeah, that's my. Uh, do I might just because I've spent a lot of money on those FP ones, right? I don't want to throw mm. that money down the drain. Uh, yeah, because I don't think I'd be able to recoup the. I'm not going to be able to sell them. Uh, see, I might buy uh, another model just and put it in one room just to give a yep. like for like comparison before I roll it out. Otherwise, yeah, I don't know what my answer is. Maybe I do have to just bite the bullet and go with something like Wi-Fi, but. I'm not sure if it's Wi-Fi or Zigbee that's the issue here, um, which is mm-hmm. the sensor itself. Maybe it's the technology. It's a bit immature that is causing these issues. I need to spend some time and work out what's going wrong. So that's the sort of – and that's what I mean, like, by reliability, right? Same thing goes with my uh, Z-Wave network uh, for whatever reason. Uh, yeah. I mentioned on a couple of episodes ago, like it'll just freeze for a couple of minutes. I need to work out yeah. why that is. Um, do I need a new Z-Wave hardware? I don't know, but I want, yeah, reliability, right? I want my smart home to just yeah. be working. I don't want to have to open up the home. business and have to it. say, all right, why isn't the lights working? This yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I guess my other point is I want to start using the data home system has uh, to start cutting back on my energy consumption. Uh, right now I know one of my big users of energy in the home is just my Synology NAS, uh, which I have running yep. 24-7. Uh, so maybe I could uh, yeah, work out a way to optimize that. Maybe I don't need to run so many Docker containers from that. Yeah. Um, also, uh, yeah, just things like uh, aircon, uh, you know, making sure that that's, Nice. Yep. Actually, uh, yesterday I installed the proximity sensor into Home Assistant so I can work out uh, as we arrive because it's been bloody hot the past couple of days in Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, it's going to get back to cold weather now for whatever reason. Uh, but, of course. Um, yeah, classic, right? Uh, so much for summer. Uh, anyway, so uh, as we approach the house, like because it's been so hot, like I want to be able to Home Assistant to know, all right, uh, you're on your way home. I'm going to turn the aircon on and start the house cooling down. Same with like in winter, right? People do it for the nest yeah. has the same feature, right? Like the nest is that was one of their selling points. So I want to be able to start using that sort of data uh, in my automations to sort of yeah make things smarter, make things more energy efficient. Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're my high level goals, I guess, for this year. 
Nice. That's kind of cool. Okay. Okay. Same, I guess, same kind of deal, right? A lot of them are just, you know, more efficient. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that means. Well, I like, because yeah. when you said efficient before, that I, uh, I try to write my automations as efficiently as possible. Like I try not to use too many automations. I don't know. How's your yeah. automation sprawl in your config? Like, do you... It's not too bad. I mean, I, I don't... As I get new things, I will... I'll add them into my autom- automations um, or potentially add an automation for it. Yep. Um but really, that's it. I, I actually ended up getting a, and, and, and I I'm, hate myself for it, but I ended up getting a Ecovacs uh, oh, no. X1 Omni. Yeah. I know. It's 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 just, it, that was my little Christmas gift to myself. It's stupidly expensive. So this is a vacuum right? cleaner. Um, and, um, is it like the, the vacuum cleaner, right? Like, vacuum and mop together. And, mop, and, yes, yeah. and it's... The annoying thing is it's cloud connected. It's entirely cloud connected and there's oh, a very There's no local hack that you can get around it. Deep you? reliance on it. Not really. Um oh. <clears throat> like and, and it's not even about me triggering it, right? It's 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 about it um needing the internet to be able to do some of its smart things. Technically, I think from at least from what I've read, you can at least um you can block it off, but then it just goes around and does kind of everything everywhere. Um, you can't say, Hey, go to this room. And cause like those maps and stuff are stored online. Uh, um, I mean, I'd say so, I feel sorry for you, but you're a co-host of our podcast. And I know I did it to myself, but it's like, it's, it's but for, for that much money. I really, really, really hope that they don't, they don't just kill it tomorrow. Mm. Um, but yeah, like it's, uh, so far, I mean, it's done a great job, right? So it, it goes in, it empties out the, the uh dirty water or like so it, it cleans, has it cleans like some a base station that it goes to and gets cleaned out. yeah it's quite a bit larger than i thought uh okay. <laughs> but but it does it looks like a the, the the base station looks like a large waste basket like a very large waste basket essentially wow. um and yeah so it's got clean water tank dirty water tank and uh and uh a place of the vacuum like dirty bag yep. and it cleans itself does all that so um, yeah. So like when I got that, so now, I mean, probably today I'm probably going to, you know, bring it into home assistant and, uh, I actually just got it. Uh, so, um, bring it into home assistant and, and do that kind of thing. The, I was Have playing around with the into home assistant or not yet. I, I do. Um, I like, I have it in home assistant, but I, I don't have it automated in, in any way. Um, like it, it exists, there's entities and that's, that's as far as I got what level of automation can you get to? Because I know we had someone on our podcast that was able to scan an NFC tag in a room and that would tell the vacuum cleaner, go clean that room only. Can you go to that level <laughs> via the automations in Home Assistant if you wanted to? Or is it only just start the whole cycle and stop the cycle if you need to? I haven't actually dug that far in. Um, I Again, like I said, I, I literally just brought it in and, and then I had to go you know, do a bunch of other stuff. So uh, that's not the answer I want. I, I want to know, man. Like, I know. How I know. did well, you hopefully look- next, next episode, hopefully I'll have an <laughs> answer for you. <laughs> I'm so. excited though. I, I, I say this selfishly cause I'm like keen on a, the newer versions of a robot vacuum cleaner. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just, there's so many options out yeah. there now. And, 
I mean, I mean, up until now, I was using a is an old Roomba. I don't even remember what model it is. Like eight something. Mm-hmm. No Wi-Fi. No nothing. Like it. Like it's old, old. Yeah. And uh, to the point where it was, it wasn't great at cleaning. Like it, it, it didn't push okay the dirt job. around, right? No, not. I don't want to say it pushes the dirt around, but it, like. Like my corners and all of that stuff, there's mm. not like an emphasis on that. And because it doesn't have maps in it and stuff like that, it doesn't do like the whole thing. It, it, it was one of those that like it does random patterns. And then eventually after your average like five or six or seven or whatever it is cleans, technically it would have gotten everywhere in that room. Yep. Right. Um, well, statistically, it's just something like that, right? Whatever that is. Um, it And, and, it got to the point where it was still, despite that, it wasn't like cleaning around uh, like the edges and stuff like that. It was great for its time. Uh, and I got that, I think, when I first moved into this house um, or just just shortly after that. And then literally, I think the next release, which came out a few months later, they were like, hey, here's Wi-Fi and all these. And I was like, oh, crap. Well, uh, yeah. Right. And then and then so but whatever, it worked. Um, but it was relegated to pretty much for the last couple of years. It was relegated to my just to clean my bedroom. Yep. Um, where it would just, you know, just, again, it was an area I can just close off and then, and, and it, I wouldn't have to worry about it because again, it didn't, it didn't do well with cords. It didn't do well mm. with those kind of things. So like, and that, and my bedroom's an area where I don't have that. Whereas the rest of my house is fairly open. Yep. Um, so we can travel wherever, get caught. So it was essentially just relegated. Um, and only for that purpose, just, it's not that there's any more dust in my bedroom or anything like that. It's just, it's, it's the safest spot for it. So I'm like, okay, I'll just put it there. And to me, that comes down to another like reliability point, right? Like if you come home yeah. and the robot hasn't cleaned the floor because it got stuck on a cord, right? Then. Yeah. 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 And, and not to say the newer ones guaranteed won't. No, of right? course. But at least you can build something around it and say, okay, exclude this room or exclude this zone yeah. or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, but so cool, man. That's all my to do now. I'll all right. use that for the whole year then until you tell me more about this vacuum cleaner. <laughs> that's right. There you go. There you go. Cool. Cool. Right. I think that's going to wrap it up. 2023.1, smallish release, um, but a good one to start off the new year. Year of the voice for 2023.1. Let's uh, see where we go. We'll have to. I'm very excited for this year. Yeah. Catch you in the Cheers. Cheers. Take care. If you want to share your home assistant journey or come on as a guest, reach out to us at feedback at haspodcast.io. That's H-A-S-S podcast.io. The Home Assistant Podcast is hosted by Phil Hawthorne and myself, Rohan Karamandi. For links to topics we discussed today, check out our show notes on haspodcast.io.